Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that they would view it as me trying to prevent him from finding a religion, which is not it. I'm just trying to prevent him from being forced into one. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And today we're going to dive into a pretty neutral topic, religion, because everyone loves talking about that. And I think, well, we've already kind of covered sex and politics to a degree, so religion's sort of a natural segue, right? Kind of. Absolutely. Those three cornerstones of, of of humanity and civilized conversation yes but specifically we're going to try to dive into religion with kids uh, you know if if you're religious if you're not religious how about your extended family kind of all of the different facets that are involved in raising a child in a world with or without religion which is fun. How can you raise a child without this, the, the centerpiece of Jesus Christ? It's a terrible thing, isn't it? I feel like we're ruining our, our kids. We must be. Well, I've been told that before, for sure. That uh, by not giving them that uh, belief foundation, how, how are they going to know right from wrong? How will they? <laughs> I don't it's not possible without religion, apparently, to Has know that, right from wrong. That was what was said. How will they yeah. know right from wrong? Was this yeah. like a a troll or someone within your family or Um, it was on um it was on his side of the family. Um he wow. was yeah, someone on his side of the family was confused. Um, like what do you how how are you going to instill values in your children without the foundation of the church? And um, that was a serious conversation. And he, he was Mormon, yes? He was raised Mormon, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, did he leave the church at around the same age as you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kind of the same time. Like, he's actually, um, like, he's a great, something like his great, great, great grandfather came over with Brigham Young. So, oh. so yeah. He's like, very attached to. Th- yeah, the their family is, their family is like major 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 history in the church so um and a a couple of his siblings have left he and one one other have left the church i'm the only one of my um siblings to have left the mormon church i'm i am the black the young black sheep oh heather (laughs) that young sister of ours (laughs) typical youngest sibling did you grow up in a religion no Um, my grandfather was a Methodist minister and my great grandfather was a Methodist minister, but, um, I was not raised really. We were Christers. Uh, so we went to church on Christmas and Easter. Oh, (laughs) 
I haven't heard that term before. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was the it was the time that you go the two the two really yeah. important church holidays. I mean, my my dad grew up. His dad was a Methodist minister, so he grew up with it, and I think that was one of the reasons that he sort of rebelled against it. Uh-huh. And my mom wasn't really raised in a religious family, so I I mean I. I've been to church. I've been to Catholic church, Presbyterian and Methodist and all sorts. And it just never really, nothing ever really resonated with me in the way that it was, mm-hmm. I don't know, supposed to. I, you didn't feel uh, burning in your bosom? I didn't. Not there, at least. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're supposed to, it's that weird, like you're supposed to be looking for Christ, but Christ has to be looking for you. So I'm like, well, what the, what, why, what is the point? But Christ has to be looking for you? Yeah. Like you can look for him, but if he's not looking for you, then you're not going to find it. I don't, I don't what? get it. I know. I've never heard that before. See? There's only one of him to find everybody, to look for everybody. I, I know. The numbers don't really add up. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And I personally, like if I have, I have friends who are religious, all of Heather's or Hex's family is very Christian, typically non-denominational, I guess, is what they would probably all say. Non-denominational. You said that they went to church in those large churches? Yeah, not all of them, but most of them attend like a larger, I, I guess, I don't know if they technically qualify as a mega church, but they're big, like lots of people. Are they, are they the evangelical? No. 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 Okay. They're just, they and that's why like... I, I refer to it as generic Christians. Like they didn't want to commit to one of the like Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist. So they kind of just picked the pieces that they liked and there's these. And, but they're just big churches that have cafes and yeah. arcades for the kids. And just, I don't know. It's a weird, to me, it's a very weird situation. We There was a Baptist church where I grew up Um and when it when it was built, it was the biggest church, I believe. I think it was like the biggest church in the country. Um, and it had like a bowling alley and it, you know, it seated like like it was a coliseum of people and um as Mormons we called it Six Flags Over Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. It was this enormous building along the side of the freeway, and you're like, What is that? And it's like it's a church. Yeah, yeah. but it's like a it it feels like a trap. Like, come on in and bowl and get your bowl Christ on. Jesus. I just, I don't. Lexton went to a, a he went to a science summer camp at the church because Heather's parents wanted him to go, and they signed him up. and And I even specifically asked. I said, "Is this like a church summer camp?" And he said, "No, no, 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 no. It's all it's science, science." Which I'm not going to get into why that is awesome, but he went, it was five days all day and he went the first day and I picked him up and he was kind of indifferent. And I said, well, what was it fun? He's like, yeah, it was kind of science. And he was younger. And this tells you how much we've really gotten into the church thing. He said it was okay, but then we did this thing called worshiping. And I'm like, (laughs) worshiping, what the hell? And then I realized, I'm like, oh, worshiping ah yeah and i said well what did you think of that he's like oh man that was so boring (laughs) so the next day he only wanted to go half day until they started the worshiping and then i'd pick him up and then he just lost interest altogether 
Oh, man. Because he kind of evaluates it. And I'm glad. This is one of the main reasons that we haven't really... We never pushed religion when he was growing up. I continue to not really push it because I want him to be able to make a well-thought-out choice. I don't want it to just be part of his life so he thinks it has to be part of his life. Thank you. I, that To me, if he decided that he wanted to go to church, that's fine. I'll bring him. It's not a big deal. But he's very logical, so he starts to dissect it. And just the things that he picks apart, it makes me feel like I'm really making the right choice. Mm-hmm. Well, I have, as as someone who was raised Mormon from birth and was taught to believe a certain way and taught that, you know, my eternal salvation was hanging in the balance if I had a... I really did think that having bad thoughts or any sort of sin was endangering my eternal salvation. And so <laughs> and I didn't have a choice. It was just the way I was taught to believe. And I did not have that scientific brain. I did not have that intellectual brain. And so I went throughout my childhood scared, very, very scared that I was going to do something wrong. Yes, it's a fear thing. It's like mm. scaring you to fall in line. And I don't... Yeah. Mormons that, are... I don't know. Mormons are very... very see, you can't be a creaster in Mormonism. <laughs> you there really can't no be a creaster in Christianity either, but... <laughs> like, it's all or nothing, pretty much. Like, you gotta, you gotta go to church every Sunday, and you gotta participate, and you... There are certain things that you... Goals and things that you have to meet. And, uh... So you have to like so, qualify as a Mormon. Yeah, you do. Continuously. Continuous, yes. Wow. On, a, on an ongoing basis, you have to qualify and it's a lot of work and it's three hours on Sunday. What? Three hours. Oh, man. And then usually there's a function in the middle of the week that's an hour or two. And then my mom was choir director, so we would go an hour early. And so that was like four hours on a Sunday. Yeah. Four hours every Sunday. Every, every Sunday. Of something that you were just told was like a normal, like you had to do it. There wasn't another option. There was not another option, no. And I was a very, very good Mormon. But I think back and I'm like, God, I hated that. <laughs> like I hated sitting there for hours and hours on Sunday. I hated it. Like I hated every minute of it. But at the time I was just like, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do to be a good, good human being. And I'm going to be a good human being for the Lord. And, you know, desperately trying to feel the burning. It's called the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost sort of confirms that you're supposed to feel it a burning sensation, like this confirmation in your bosom, an actual physical physical burning burning. sensation. Yeah, that the the Holy Ghost is confirming that the church is true and that what you're doing is correct. So if you haven't felt that, then people are kind of skeptical of your Mormonism. Well, you're you're skeptical. Like you're like, you know, what's wrong? What what is going on? That I'm am I not being because you also in order to feel the burning. You have to be righteous enough to feel the burning. Okay. Did you ever yeah. feel the burning? I. This is the thing is that there's a very psychosomatic effect that can happen with this burning. <laughs> you can think that you're feeling the burning. I mean, you can you can sit down and in in in, in a state of meditation feel very many things. <laughs> well, especially if you know that you're supposed to feel them. Yeah. 
or you know if everyone else in your family for example has felt it yes you know you convince and talks about it yes yeah and Mm -hmm. asks you if you felt it i would imagine i mean they're kind of waiting like well we've all been there so are you you coming along so then you just buy in right which is which is like the wrong defeats the the entire purpose of it yeah you're supposed to want to it's a belief system it is a belief system and especially in the in the mormon faith it is a it encompasses your entire life your entire life is encompassed by the belief system and it's not just you know i yeah i'm christian and i do good things it's i am mormon and i hold this calling at church where i do this for the congregation and i go to the temple regularly where i perform ordinances for people who have died in their name etc cetera, etc cetera. so well i mean in in some ways that's really admirable because i mm-hmm. think there aren't like you said there's no priesters there aren't people who are who are casual mormons like that doesn't exist in the Mormon church. It's it's your inner, you're out. But there's so many people, and I'm not I'm not questioning anyone's Christianity, but there are so many people that call themselves Christian. And if you lined them all up and looked at them, they're all totally different in their faith and how often they go to church and how they live their life and what they do. And again, it's not a criticism, but it's interesting that there's that much fluidity. In, in Christianity, but that, that does not exist at all in Mormonism. Right, right. It's um, it's a very dedicated group of people. And, and, you know, they're very productive and successful and giving and generous. You know, Mormons will be, Mormons are going to be the, will take care of you in your time of need. That There's no question about that. They will bring you the best potato casserole ever. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty good. It's they're almost called, worth it. They're called funeral potatoes, actually. <laughs> oh, a, that's, all right. That's a Mormon cuisine. <laughs> that's like a regular, okay, like yes. just getting you ready for the day. Yeah, it's like it's like potatoes and cheese with like cornflakes um, on top. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That, that's... It's actually really, really good. Um, I used to, when I used to eat dairy, it was I would indulge in that whenever I would attend a funeral. <laughs> Bring me those funeral potatoes. Um, wow. Well, obviously, you know, you you left the church. I did. And have made the decision to not raise Lita and Marlo as Mormons. Yes, it was a very conscious decision uh, about that, um, giving, wanting them to um, come to their own conclusion when, when the time was right for them. And um, in the meantime establish with them what it means to be a good human being without the guidelines that are enumerated in the Bible. So so you're saying it's actually possible? I think it's actually possible. I have really, really good kids. I've got great kids. Without and, Jesus, yeah. though, so they're not quite, like, yeah. at the same level. Right. Well, I think in a previous episode I mentioned that Lita was scared to tell me that <laughs> yes. she believed in God. <laughs> Um, and I said, you know, I'll drive you to church on Sunday. And she's like, no, 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 I don't want to go to church. I just want to believe in God. And uh, I think the, the the idea of being able to pray to something as omniscient and powerful as the idea of God is very comforting to her, which is f- f- great, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as as long as 
if you you can be a part of a religion until it starts to infringe on infringe on people's civil rights, and then we have to have a we have to have a come to Jesus session, <laughs> right? But how, so I think the the weird gray area for me is is you know I want him to be able to make up his own mind, but I don't want him to have to do that by regularly getting dragged to church by his grandparents because Heather's parents go and if if they're watching him, they take mm-hmm. him. I don't really like that. I haven't really crossed that bridge yet. But how does he feel about it? Well, so this is why one of the biggest reasons I have an issue. It's a huge church. So he feels great because they have pinball and they have (laughs) this. And it's like, yeah, okay, but you could go to an arcade to do that. Like it just, I feel like it's a way of sucking them in. Like you want to come because we have all these games. And since you're here, Mm -hmm. let's talk about Jesus. And I don't care if he learns about Jesus or Allah or any any of that. Like, I want him to learn that it's out there and learn about it, but I don't want him to learn from a source that pushes him in one direction. That's where I get stuck. I don't want him to learn that they're all bad, mm-hmm. but I also don't want him to be sold that Jesus is the only answer. Right. So where? Right. Do, how do you find that balance? That's what's weird. I mean, obviously, he'll get it from friends and hear things, but that's where I always struggle. I mean, do you it, talk to them at all about, like, have you taught them much about Mormonism? Um, not too much. I don't think that, I mean, I, th- I think very soon Lita and I will start having discussions about religion in general. Um, I haven't talked to her much about it, only that, you know, she has gone to church with my mom a few times. And she participates in prayer when she's with my mom. They pray, they bless the food. And then they say prayers before they go to bed, and she participates in that. Um, I don't think that she has an idea of what their belief system is, um, and I'm sure that we'll get into conversations about that. And I'm and I'm going to be pretty neutral when I talk to her about it, you know, um, and <laughs> not tell her that it, it's kind of really fucking nuts. And a 14-year-old was in the woods and saw Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father, and then he found some gold plates that were hidden in New York State. (laughs) Which is pretty normal shit when you think about it. But, do like, does she do the prayer and everything just because your mom does it, so she does it to be... Like, why do you think that she does it? Just because it's happening? Yeah, because it's happening, and... Um, she, she said she likes it and she wants to do it, you know, sometimes, you know, on her own before she goes to bed. And I'm totally comfortable with that. Um, but it, it, you know, I, I, I breathed a a sigh of relief when she said she didn't want to actually go to the church on Sunday. Just, first of all, I got my Sundays back when I left the church. (laughs) You you don't want to sacrifice those three hours again. I, I do not want to do that. Um, but I want to have discussions with her about, you know, a broad, a broad swath of religion. And, um, and I have a lot to learn myself. Um, because when I left the church, I just left church altogether. Boom, done. Like, I don't believe in God. There, I said it. So you're an atheist. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm an atheist. And I've had people try to convince me that I'm not, that I'm really deep down, I'm, I'm an agnostic at best, I'm an agnostic, if, if you know, and and uh, but but yeah, there's a, apparently quite a huge number of people who leave the Mormon Church, end up 
becoming atheist. Which says something, I think. Well, have we talked about this? I think um, the reward for being a Mormon is, um, you know, like you get to the level of heaven that you can achieve and what you can achieve at that level of heaven is so much like better than just sort of dying and living in heaven with everybody else. <laughs> wow. So there's class that, systems in Mormon heaven. There, there, yes, there are. There's a, there's, there are three levels of heaven. And, um, and so when you leave the church and I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, that's a really good question. Why, why so many of us end up not believing in God. Well, I think, but to say like that, what you can achieve according to the Mormon church, what you can achieve by being Mormon is so great. It's interesting that the people who leave end up at the absolute farthest end on the other side. Uh-huh. Like not only am I not Mormon, I'm nothing. I'm as far away from this as I can be, despite those rewards. It's interesting. Yeah. And I think the, there, there is a special place in heaven reserved for specific, it's called outer darkness. Um, <laughs> I wow. say these words and I'm like, what did I believe? Okay, so it's, it's called outer darkness and it's reserved for those Mormons who knew very specifically through certain, like they were, they either saw the gold plates or they had been confirmed that the church was true by, uh, you know, by divine intervention and then, and then left it and spoke out against it. Oh, those, those people end up in a, I guess, just outer darkness where there is nothing which is kind of what atheists believe happens to all of us. I think after we die, we just return to the return to the earth, to dust. Right. You become and, what you were before you were born, essentially, which is... Yeah. yeah. Which I can see, you know, the concern of friends and family of me choosing outer darkness. I guess that's kind of how they might view that. Um, because leaving Mormonism, you leave your family. Right. It, it's taken a long time to repair that. And I didn't want to, I mean, first of all, I'm not Mormon, but I didn't want to shackle my kids with the idea of, wait a minute, I have to believe this. Otherwise, you know, my family is going to be upset. I didn't want to do that to my kids. No. And it's good that your family was able to get to that point. I mean, is there, is there any issue according to the church that your family has not left you? Even though you're not Mormon, do, does that matter? No, no. Okay. Um, in fact, my mother, we've come so far. We've come so far. I, I read about this on my website. My dad, when they found my website, um, and my dad read all the stuff that I had written. Uh, Which was not very, positive. No, I, I was still bitter at the time. Yeah. Some bitter anti-Mormon stuff. Um, my dad called me a vile and disgusting creature who had succumbed to the dark side. Oh. And, you know, he didn't speak to me for six or seven months. And my mom was really, really, really upset. It took a very long time to heal that relationship. And we're much, we're, we're great now. And my mom routinely gives talks at church about how to maintain loving relationships with those who have, quote unquote, left the fold. Interesting. 
And you yeah. still, I mean, not only do you have the relationship though, but you obviously continue to poke fun at at Mormonism from your perspective. Yeah, I've and I've said this. I I poke fun at Mormon. I poke fun at the fourteen year old Mormon that I was. Like I was, I was a really obnoxious fourteen year old Mormon who really argued for the fact that you know the earth was not more than six or seven thousand years old and that global warming is a hoax and that jesus really did visit the american continent after he was resurrected and i like i was really obnoxious about it and i make fun i'm making fun of who i was at 14 when i poke fun at it you sound like a delightful kid <laughs> I was, wow oh man Man, did I need some Valium. Man, did I need some Valium. And I think part of that, too, is is the age in general. I mean, I had three cousins who were, they were not evangelical, but it was not super far off. And they would insult me by calling me a pagan. Like, that was, that was like the worst <laughs> thing that you could do. You know, and this was when they were wait, much younger. Wait, wait, wait. You just said that with a Midwestern accent. Pagan. I know, I know. <laughs> you can't be the only one with an accent on this podcast. Pagan. I got to drink my Bacardi because I'm a pagan. My, my, my Bacardi. <laughs> it just gets worse the farther north you go, too. That's the best part. So they called you, a, that, that was how they insulted you? Yes. And it was in the way it was delivered was like, I'm going to say this. And you should be destroyed. And I didn't. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yep. Like, I, I don't know what you want me to take out of this, but sure. I mean, but I say that because they were like, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, right around that same age. And now that they're older, we're, we're pretty close. And they're not like that. But I think, and I guess that's a good illustration of why I think kids aren't really ready for something like this, to process something like this and understand really what it means. Mm-hmm. And with, with Lexton, he, I mean, he hasn't believed in the Easter bunny like forever, but it was just a year or two ago, fairly recently. And he, he just asked me randomly, he's like, so if the bunny doesn't exist, then what is Easter? So I, so I told him, I'm like, well, you know, some people believe that Jesus died, and then he came back, and he he interrupted me. I said, he came back to life, and he goes, what? That is nuts. Like, just (laughs) flat out. And I said, well, Grandma and Grandpa believe that it's not nuts, and there's a lot of other people that believe that it's not nuts. I said, you can think that, but, you know, maybe try to find a better way to express that you don't agree with it. (laughs) Like, he's 10, and that's his logical approach. Like, how can that, how, how can that be? I can see like going to grandma, grandma and grandpa, you believe somebody came back from the dead? Are you crazy? <laughs> you know, and it's so hard to stay neutral, you know, to not say like, yeah, dude, I totally agree with you. It is pretty nuts. It's it's their belief system. And um, I say this and people are going to be like, what? I like, I want to be respectful of the fact that um, I want to, you know, that's what my, it's what my parents believe. It's what they do. They go to church every Sunday. They, they qualify, you know, and. I do not begrudge them, you know, wanting to to live their life that way as much as I don't want them to begrudge me how the choices that I've made. Yes, and that yeah. I think is the key and I haven't 
I just haven't had that actual discussion with his grandparents because they're Heather's parents. Mm. So, you know, when we were together, it was like, I told her, I'm like, this is more your thing to do. And she never did. She didn't want to confront it. She was raised in the church and left as well, more or less. And, and now I just, you know, if they want to take him, if he's there over the weekend or something and they want to take him, they'll usually ask and say, can we drop him off after church? And I always say, no, you can just drop him off. Just bring him over. And sometimes they'll counter like, well, he really wants to go. So I'll talk to him. I'm like, why do you want to go? He's like, oh, have you seen the pinball machine there? Oh my like, gosh. Okay, that is not why we go to church. That's not what church is. It's not a pinball machine or an arcade. If he wants to go and like hear the stories and try to figure out if it's something he's in, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But not to hang out in the lobby on the computers or whatever. That's where I have a really big issue. Because because they're they're using it, they're using that as a lure and there's I don't there's something that doesn't sit right with that. Yes. It's it is totally they, they have like a teen section. And I know this is not uncommon. And it, it looks all tech savvy and awesome and cool and it's marketed in this really hip, cool place to hang out with your friends. And it's marketed with nothing to do with church. Uh, but once weird. you're there, there's like bits and pieces that are kind of fed in. And that's, it's like subliminal. And again, if he decides to believe, it's fine, but I want him to, to know why he's deciding that. I want him to make the choice and to know why he made the choice. Right. I mean, but I don't think, like, I've been, I've seen enough of these, and I think it's more common with the really large churches, to incorporate these things that aren't directly church-related, but are also kind of church-related. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a, like a bowling alley. Exactly. Who puts a bowling alley in a church? I don't. That does not make any sense to me. A bowling for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, and and there's part of me that sees it like, okay, well, that's probably a safer place for kids to hang out than some alternatives. Like I, that mm-hmm. part I understand, but it's not just a place to be, and that's that's where I have an issue with it. So, yeah, I I remember visiting those churches. So the Mormon Church is very solemn and reverent and quiet. And um, there is no boisterousness. There's no loud clatter in in a Mormon service. And um, so I would go visit other churches as a kid and be super, super weirded out by everything. Um, like I would, I went to my friend's Catholic mass and like, what the hell is going on with the sitting and standing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is going on like it freaked me out uh, because i was like what is this (laughs) like i felt i was being initiated into a cult and it was just like a catholic mass oh yeah and there's like the kneeling bar yeah yeah yep Mm -hmm. sit stand kneel yeah and then i would go to the big church with the bowling alley and stuff and just feel like whoa like this is some dystopian like crazed like what is this and uh, and then I would visit um, black churches where the singing, you know, there's it's jubilant and there's a lot of singing and a lot of people talking from the from the congregation. And that I was just like, like I was like, wait a minute, people, we have, we have to be reverent. We have to be very, very quiet and fold our arms. And so as a kid, I would visit other churches and be very confused because they were just different from what you thought was right. Right. 
Yeah. And so what I want to create for my kids is like, I want to visit different churches and have them enjoy the cultural experience of it. That makes a lot of sense. Without buying into the dogma that um, holds, you know, specific people down. So Yes. Without any obligation at all. So if one of these churches speaks to them in some way and they want to go again, mm-hmm. then that's fine. And if they never want to go again, then that's fine. Right? But it's important to give them that education so that they, if they decide against it, if they decide to be atheist or agnostic, they know why they've decided that. Yes. Not because mom is or dad is, just this is what we wanted to do. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I've, I've actually approached politics the same way. I haven't said to, you know, my children that they are not allowed to feel a certain way. Like, you know, you are not allowed to like this type of thinking. And I mean, I try to teach them right from wrong. And I'm, I'm hoping that they can draw eventually political decisions from those principles. Because as as, I, as a kid, I mean, man, Ronald Reagan was fed to me. Was Like, Ronald Reagan <laughs> was like served up to me. Like, oh, yeah. You know. Ronald Reagan was basically sitting at the right hand of God. Right next to the bowling alley. Oh my gosh, I just remembered. I found a box of tapes that my mom had saved from my childhood. And when my brother was on... So this is a twofold story, sorry. So my brother was on his mission in Montreal, Canada. And I really looked up to my brother at the time. He was three years older, three years older than me. And I would send him tapes... Because you're not allowed, you can only call like on Christmas and on Mother's Day. That's the only time you can talk to the missionary. So I would make him tapes and then he would like send tapes back to me. And I found one of the tapes. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I think I'm like, it was, was I 15 or 16? And it was the election. And, um, and I'm talking about how I was getting so much criticism at school because Dan Quayle was my man in Washington. Come on. Oh, uh, my gosh. These are like the casual tapes that you send to your brother when he's away. This is yeah, awesome. and I was talking about all all these heathens at school who, you know, were supporting Clinton and corrupt Clinton. And I just like, Dan Quayle is my man in Washington. <laughs> oh, I, when I played that, like I recoiled and like hid in my closet for two days. I was like, I can't believe I was that person. But that was the only option. Like that was as it was presented to you. Yeah. This is the only possible path. I just I just had no critical thinking skills whatsoever. None. And to add to that story, so my brother was my brother is is still one of the funniest people 
alive. He's got the the sharpest sense of humor, the sharpest wit. He's hysterical. And um, he went on this mission to Canada, and he went to a very Catholic area of, of Quebec. And um, they spoke Quebecois and were very uh, angry at any sort of suggestion that, you know, the Mormon church would offer solutions. So um, he did not have a lot of, quote unquote, success on his mission. Like over the span of two years, he baptized three people. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. For that. And a lot of his roommates from college who were on missions at the same time, they're down in South America. And they're basically promoting a doctrine to these South Americans that, hey, you're a chosen people. Here's a book that says so. The Book of Mormon says you're a chosen people. And we want to, like, they're baptizing hundreds, if not thousands, in their missions. So my brother felt like he wasn't being righteous enough and was not making these conversions. And so it did a huge number on his head, I think. Like just his own self-worth, essentially? Yeah, because he spent two years and he baptized three people. And what does that mean in terms of his righteousness? What does that mean in terms of the work that he put in? And he came home and he was a different human being. Like he was just so changed and damaged. Defeated completely, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, not to mention the the winters that he had to endure right. out there. <laughs> right. That can't help anybody. No. It's it's that story of of him doing it because it, it will do a number on you when you're. I, I remember many times growing up thinking, "Am I am I being righteous enough?" Because I don't feel I think what I'm supposed to be feeling, and I really don't want to shackle my kids with that at all. Um, I really want their childhood to, to be free of that guilt and worry. And that's totally possible, and while still being a good kid. Mm-hmm. But I know that anytime I've kind of made that argument with someone, in in my case, with someone who's Christian, it's always, well, yeah, they can be a good kid, but not not as good. That's kind of the tone of the response. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they'll still be an okay person, but they'll they'll never be able to reach the point that my kids will because they go to church. Yeah. And yep. It just drives me nuts. People have said that they've moved out of Utah because they did not they didn't want to have to put their kids through what was eventually going to happen to them them being kind of the only non-Mormon in the class. Um we live in the quote unquote diverse part of Salt Lake City where there's probably an equal number of Mormons and non-Mormons in the classrooms. However, um Lita will be going to middle school and I'm pretty sure that the middle school that she's going to is going to be majority Mormon. And it'll be I think potentially there could be some awkward situations going on that we'll have to work through because I've heard horror stories just about you know, my mom says I can't hang out with you because you guys have wine in your house. Or my mom says I can't hang out with you because you don't go to church or, you know, that type of thing. Really? So they will just totally disassociate because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Which is awful. We're trying to convert her and invite her to activities at church during the week and that sort of thing. So 
Which is a really hard place too, because from her perspective, it could be, you know, not so much that she cares about the activity, but if I go to these activities, then this person will want to hang out. Uh-huh. Right. So I'm going to go to church so that I can have a friend, which again is not why you go to church. Right. I mean, and I say that, I mean, I've said that like four times now and I don't go to church. So it's not like there's one specific reason or that I know the reason. I feel like if you're going for a reason that's not per the church teachings, then it's probably not the reason, right? Yeah. I mean, again, church is a, well, I guess church is what you want it to be. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody what church is or is not. Um, right. I, I have no business. I'm not in the business of doing that. Um, but I guess just based on, what these religions teach to go to church, for example, if you want to go to church to make friends, right? then you're not really going to learn about Jesus or to learn, you know, mm-hmm. you're going for a different purpose. And again, if that's your deal, that's fine. I don't care to each his or her own, but I want it. What it all comes down to is that I just want Lexton to be able to say, I am, I am choosing this for this reason, not this is what was chosen for me because I'm afraid if I do anything else or because mm-hmm. I was told that I had to do this or any of I just want the choice to be very logic based right? in some way that he can reason out why he is at this point. And yeah, you, you have to hope. And I mean, since he's logical and I think my children are logical too, you're just like, I hope they don't choose anything fanatical. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. That would, uh, and you, uh, there's just no way to know. Well, I what I think what caused I think by making extremes or imposing extremes on children is when they can be radicalized if I can use that word. Um like the extreme of for me was being like the oppression of the guilt and worry of my entire childhood and I just came out of it and exploded and went in the complete opposite direction when I and sowed some crazy wild oats. When I lived in Los Angeles, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, thank God I wasn't documenting any of that on Snapchat or Instagram. But um, I think it's when you impose these super, super extreme tight restrictions, that's when you face the danger of somebody, you know, snapping. Yeah. When there's no wiggle room and there's no mm-hmm. forgiveness if you do fall out of line. Right. I think it it's almost for a lot of people, I think it's just a matter of time then when do you snap? Yeah. You know. For you it was moving to LA, which is probably mm-hmm. a great place to snap if you gotta pick a place oh, to it snap. Was, it was phenomenal. It was a great time. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. <laughs> no regrets. And social media wasn't around, like you said, so Well you, you well, were safe. I, blogs were and I, you know, um, one of the things that my family eventually read, I wrote about I wrote this fictional account of having a bisexual fantasy at the gym what (laughs) yeah way back like in the early days of the blog yeah like like in 2001 like it was a fictional account of me going to the gym and having like this um crush on a girl and um and I was trying to be funny, and that's part of what my family read. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> they read that. Well, and for them, it's not funny. It's, like, serious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that would have been an experience for all, I imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I suppose that kind of writing isn't really cool for a Mormon. Not the acceptable (laughs) kind of fiction that you can create, huh? Not so much. No. You know, I was talking about going to concerts and getting drunk and hanging out with, you know, it just was not a lifestyle that my family had envisioned me living in my early 20s. Um, and the thing is, is I was late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> but you were you were making up for lost time, though. Yeah. You had to. I mean, well, you know, once you realize what it's like on that other side, then it's like you, you got to have all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other extreme. There was this article that came out and I somebody asked me for a quote. An article came out saying that like millennials who were born after 1990 are having like 20% likely to be having like no sex after the age of 20 or something like that. I just read like, no, something about that, like something about sex not being cool anymore. Like nobody's having sex yeah. in their early 20s. Um and they're they're saying that there's some there's an issue with intimacy that technology has sort of disrupted the need for intimacy, and I got asked for a quote about it, and I was like, "Well, I didn't have sex until I was 23." <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, like, but I mean, now. <laughs> and so I was like, "Those millennials need an older mentor. That's what those millennials need." <laughs> You can volunteer for that. Like a quote, not so much. But a mentor, you let me know. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it's not that I have ever felt that taking this approach is the wrong approach, but I would just like for some people, I, I don't find a lot of respect from the other side. Like there's no reason to do it this way. He should just go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in, in all honesty, her parents, if I say no, they bring him they bring them back here. They know where I stand in regards to religion. And we can have some decent conversations about it. So it's not like a hot situation. But I'm not quite at the point either where I've had the conversation that's I basically don't want you to take him at all because we're not at that point yet. And I don't think he needs to go. Yeah. And I think if I got to that point and said that, then it would probably become an interesting conversation. Would would it I mean, would it be uncomfortable? I think it would become uncomfortable. I, I, and I'm guessing, but I think that they would view it as me trying to prevent him from finding a religion, mm. which is not it. I'm just trying to prevent him from being forced into one. Or lured. Lured into one. into one, yes. Yeah. That is my biggest thing. Like you, I mean, I would take him to 10 different churches if you wanted to try him out and figure it out and look at different religions. That's fine. Without any judgment. Mm-hmm. But I, I want it to to not be one option where you're kind of lured in by pinball and then by the arcade. And then, you know, that's not, that's so strange. I don't know. It's just I also, I mean, I also, there's a part of me that I, I think I'm actually far, far more Christian in my heart now than I ever was, you know, as a, as a kid or, or in college. Like I, I totally, I totally believe that Christ-like qualities are, you know, feeding the poor and helping the sick and standing up for the person, the disenfranchised. Like, that's what Jesus Christ did. That the character or that character, that's what he stood for. Like, and I live that now more than I ever did 
as a kid who thought that anybody who was different from me was wrong. And, you know, who, you know, I, I really did believe that gay people were morally corrupt. And, um, and I, yeah, I just feel like the whole Christ-like value system is really messed up in this country right now. Well, the way that it's seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I think the value system itself is actually, like you said, pretty, pretty good. There's a, I, there's a car that I see around town occasionally and that has a bumper sticker that says something like, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. They are unlike your Christ. Huh. I like that. I, yes. And I, I, I know some Christians that are just phenomenal people in their faith in, in what they do in every possible aspect. And it's definitely not a blanket statement, but right. it is an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I know some Christians who are like the best human beings on the planet. Yes. And, um, hi Nish. Hi Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the, yeah, they, 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 they're who I hold up, who I w- will hold up to my children to be like, these, these are, you know, they believe in Jesus Christ and this is how they live their lives. And, uh, yeah. And they're just great people. Great people. Yeah. And that's, that's, I guess, if he, you know, if Lexton decides to go that route, those are the people that I want to point him toward. Like, this, this is, look to these people. Because there's a lot of bad examples, I think, out there. Or people that hide behind the idea of it being Christianity and using that to justify things that don't really can't really be justified by it mm. at all. There, there's also, you know, the possibility of Buddhism, uh, Judaism, um, Islam. Yes. Like there's, there's a ton oh, of... Oh, you're towing a line there, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's like a whole separate... But no, yeah. I see what you mean. Like any, any of that, and I'm the same way, like it... it I explore them all, understand them all and understand them all from, from a neutral lens. For, yeah. From a neutral understanding, like understanding the tenets, you know, the basic, like even just from a scientific, um, I, I mean, not scientific, but it, at least just from like a, a research perspective, like these are the, these are, this is how that belief system works and operates and why. Yes. Yeah, well, it's, and I say like like for the research, that's true because some of my friends who are who are Christian have have made the comments like you know we think it's important to you know learn about other religions as well. And I read this great book on Islam from this Christian author. I'm like, <sighs> okay, but that not to say that it's all wrong, but it's coming from it's automatically coming from a place that is Islam is not quite as good, but let's learn about it. And you can't. That's not, that's like getting all of your news from Fox. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Like you need to really come at it from totally neutral, look at it for what it is, and then decide what you want to decide. Yeah. And at some age, I think our kids will, will get there. I don't know if, you know, I know Alita's not there yet, but um, I, I mean, I think it's something that I'll encourage her to, to explore. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've already done that with Lexton. You know, they started to learn about surface world religions in their you know, social studies classes and, and everything. And I think it's great. You know, 
There's no there's no right or wrong answer as far as I'm concerned. No. If only unless she wants unless she wants to go to BYU. <laughs> then there is only one answer, and that is no. <laughs> Although, like we said in the last episode, if it means free tuition, I mm. don't I don't know. I mean, just for a few years, could totally be worth it. I don't know because it could be like it could be like my brother's real mission experience. You come out of that place and you're just changed. Yeah, that's, that's true. Weird. It's a weird place. It is. So we raise from a neutral position and hope for the, or as neutral as we can be, I guess, mm-hmm. and hope for the best. But it would be yeah. great to know from from both perspectives, if you're raising your kids, you know, within a religion, if you're raising them neutrally, if you're raising them, you know, atheist, I would love to hear kind of, you know, what our, what our listeners think, what their approach has been, what has worked, you know, or, or even how terrible we are for raising immoral children. Right. I would love to hear from, um, I'm sure that there are some Mormon listeners out there, maybe, <laughs> if I haven't offended all of them away. Um, I would love to hear uh, your perspective on um, raising your kids Mormon. Um, because I will, I will say this, and in, in, as we close... I, I really, really, really miss the community aspect of the Mormon religion. And I am sad that my children are not growing up with the uh, songs that I used to Like, I have this whole trove of children's primary propaganda songs. <laughs> um, but there's a shared language among me and the Mormons that I grew up with. Of Like, you know, we were very very close-knit group of people and we have a shared language and shared music that my kids are not going to have and um, I know a lot of people stay in the church to give their children that experience and I would love to hear from anybody who might be doing that as well and you can email us those stories um, at stories at manicramblings.com or you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Manic Ramblings. And until next time. Until next time. When I say Jesus, you say Jesus, say Jesus. Jesus! <laughs> we actually did that chant at Vacation Bible School. No, really? Yep. Yeah, it was a Baptist uh. Vacation Bible School. My friend Kathy and I used to joke about that. When I say Jesus, you say Jesus, say Jesus. Jesus! It would, like, one side of the room would chant to the other side of the room. Yeah, wow. it was... It was, it was fun times. Cheering for Jesus. Sounds like a hell of a summer camp. <laughs> Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.